Hey Mosaic, it is so good to be back with you all preaching, teaching this morning. I have missed you, uh, even though we haven't been all together, just even teaching and, and seeing you all online, man, I, I've just, I've missed you. So thank you for the opportunity just to take some time off to uh, recover, to recoup, to just uh, find some uh, restoration of my heart, soul, and mind. Would you join me in a word of prayer today? God, thank you that you are here with us, wherever we might be watching this in living rooms or bedrooms or on the treadmill. God, I just pray that you'd be with me today. God, I pray that each and every one of us would hear from you what you need us to hear. And God, that we would just follow your spirit to where you are leading us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, on July 1st, I hit a breaking point where I found myself collapsed on the floor and just had nothing left inside of me. And as I lay there on the ground, unable really to move or respond, and just my whole body and mind just kind of went into shutdown mode, I thought of just the last five years and all the ways that God has been with us and all the amazing moments of these last five years and also just all the heartache and pain of the last five years. I was reminded of when a veteran suffering from PTSD came into our church and, and wanted to meet with me and, and I was a little nervous and, and like, I don't know, like this guy seems a little, I, I don't know what to think about him. And so uh, I didn't want him to meet in my home. So we met at another church and he shared with me how he had killed these men, women, and children in Iraq. And, and could he find healing and forgiveness? And I was able to pray with him and a few months later, baptize him. I was reminded of getting a phone call and saying, Pastor, can you come to the hospital? Our new baby has died. And walking into that hospital room and doing one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, to sit with them and say, I don't understand why all this happened, but God is with you in the pain, in the confusion, in the uncertainty. And they said, would you like to hold our child? And as I held that recently passed away baby, I just prayed, God, bring healing to this family. I remember a couple who came to our church, a part of our church from Brazil, and for 10 years they've been praying and waiting for a baby. And there were so many times we laid hands on them and we prayed, and now they have a beautiful baby girl. What an amazing miracle that was. And I was remembering the time where I got a phone call, Pastor, I need to break up with my mistress but I don't think I can do it alone. Will you come with me to break up with her? And then sitting down at Starbucks face to face and going through the Bible and him reading Proverbs and realizing, man, this is my life. The temptress in here, this is who, who, who the Bible's talking. It, it, it's about me and this is the things I'm struggling with. And, and going through the word as he found healing from addiction to sex and alcohol. Going to a halfway house to meet up with a guy who said, Pastor, how does someone get saved? And praying with this heroin addict to receive Christ and then celebrating as he walked in newness of Christ and then the sadness and pain 
as he fell off the wagon and went back into that lifestyle. I remember getting a message from a woman who visited our church and said, hey, we meet with my husband. I think he's ready to walk out the door and, and leave our family. And we sat down for coffee. And as we sat there and talked and I said, I don't know what to say to you. You know all the truth, man. He'd been a, a follower of Jesus for a number of years. And as we talked and I just prayed for him, I, I came home and told Kristen, well, I'm never going to see him again. Well, fast forward to two years later when we're doing a vow renewal ceremony for him and his wife in their backyard and their beautiful family in our church now. You know, going to the hospital and celebrating with one of our lovely women as she experienced her final chemotherapy and ringing that bell and celebrating as we prayed for healing and, and, and newness of life for her and baptizing her after her final chemo treatment and celebrating outside at Weaver Lake. Then there's that family that came and they had been involved in ministry and she had had an affair a number of years ago and then he had an affair and they came in just broken and, and hurting and they found that newness of life and were able to baptize two of their girls and, and seeing them now following Jesus and, and walking in that path of healing that their family has experienced. I'll never forget baptizing a husband and father outside at Weaver Lake and then him turning around and us baptizing his wife together and the sun was shining and, and just seeing this beautiful family celebrating together at a lake. Over the years, we've seen so many people who were burned out from their previous church experience come into Mosaic and, and find healing, find hope, starting new ministries. I remember Justin, one of our interns, who was playing drums for us and was a student ministry and worship intern, and now he's a full-time youth pastor up in Forest Lake. James, one of our interns, who also used to drum for us, and now traveling in ministry around the country, sharing the good news of Jesus. Dan, one of our guitar players, who is now a worship pastor in St. Paul. I remember one time at Starbucks, praying with someone to receive Christ for the very first time. And then a couple days later, that happening again and again and again. And four different people in the same Starbucks, I got the chance to pray with them to receive Christ for the very first time. And that was just an unbelievable week of, wow, God, thank you so much for this opportunity to help people find newness of life, to walk in forgiveness, to, to find healing from their past shame and addictions. And this is so amazing. You know, it's been amazing that we've been, as a church, able to you know, help families who are in need and, and cover their rent for a month as they struggled and getting back on their feet because of job loss or a young uh, uh, single mom and, and with little kids and, and, and her van breaks down. And as a church, we, we come together and we pay for the repairs on her van. You know, we've supported missionaries in three different continents, you know, in Germany and, and in Malawi, Africa and in Thailand. It's been an amazing journey of seeing people from different backgrounds uh, coming together from Brazil and Germany and Africa. And I'll never forget attending Jay's citizen uh, party where he just became a citizen of our country and now he's a firefighter and he's, he's born and raised in Nepal and now him and his family are, are beautiful, a blended family of, uh, of a mosaic themselves and, and, and how amazing that is. 
sitting down at a coffee shop with a lady saying, I don't know if my husband's going to make it back from rehab. I'd love to volunteer for the church because I need some skills. And if I'm going to be make it on my own and have to get a job someday, I haven't had to work in 20 years. I need to learn some administrative skills and say, yes, come volunteer, find community, find purpose, be a part of our team. Then there was the time a young lady who came to our church a couple of times and we met and we talked and she shared about her pain of, of sexual and emotional and physical abuse and having walked away from the church and never wanting to come back. But because we met in a school and not a normal church building, she felt like she could walk in. And she told me as she walked in, she saw this vision of a giant warrior angel behind the stage. And she knew this was a safe place where she could come and learn about Jesus and find some healing from her past shame and hurt and and how she had been abused. Church, that's why we exist. And as I laid there on the ground, and some friends came over and, and prayed with me, and, and I, was just, I was just done. It had been five years of just pouring out and, and giving and giving, and now we're in the season of a pandemic, and, and all of us are wondering what's going to happen next, and, and we, we don't know and in that moment, I said, I, I think I'm done. I just, I, I can't go on. This is just too hard. And maybe you're in that spot or maybe you've been in that spot where you just said, I think I'm done. I'm done with my marriage. I'm done parenting. I'm done with this business I started. But as we sat there, as we prayed, I felt God to speak through these men who were with me in that room to say, God's not done yet. And over the last few weeks, as I've prayed, as I've sought God, it's just that same thing. Like, God is not done with me yet. God is not done with you yet. That dream you have of a healthy marriage, that dream isn't dead. That dream of becoming a parent, when you feel, once again, you're not pregnant, keep that hope alive. God is with us in this uncertainty and in this pain and the unknowing. And even though these last couple of years, there's been so many amazing things, there's been so many hard things, but I wouldn't trade it. That we get to do this together. We get to help people take their next step spiritually. Whether that's someone walking in just briefly for a moment and then they go on to do ministry or life somewhere else. Or they come in and they're friends and in work community for the next 10, 20 years. We are here to help people take that next spiritual step. In the book of Acts, which tells the story of, of God birthing his church, the risen Jesus had given his final instructions to his followers. And told them to wait in Jerusalem, that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then in Acts 2, the, the Holy Spirit was poured out on them. And, and you maybe heard the story of Peter preaching and 3,000 coming to faith in Jesus and, and becoming apprentices of Jesus and, and following him. And, and here's what 
Acts 2.42, this describes this community. That they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I think it's such a beautiful picture that God brought these people from different backgrounds, different walks of life together to form his new church. Picture this with me. It's the first century, and you're living under the shadow of the Roman Empire, and there's very clear uh, class separation. There There are slaves. There is the ruling class, the, the Roman citizens, and then there are these, these merchants, men and women who own businesses. And then you had different people from different ethnicities and religions. And picture this, your, your friend Chloe invites you to her house. And she says, you know, we have this gathering of, of Jesus followers. We're called the way. And, and Jesus he was this Messiah who came proclaiming that the kingdom of God is at at hand. And then he was killed, but then he rose again, proving that he was the long-awaited Messiah. And that now everyone, no matter their their ethnic background or, or socioeconomic status, can come together into God's family. And and your friend Chloe's talking about this, this way of Jesus in such a way that you're like, I got to come to her house and check this out. And you walk in and and, and there's a large table set up and and everyone is eating together. And as you sit down, you look over and you see a slave sitting at the table next to you. And and, and you don't know what to do with that because you're a merchant and you've never eaten with a slave before. And you are seeing a Roman centurion sitting down with someone who looks like they're a zealot who wants to overthrow the Roman Empire. And you're like, That doesn't make sense. And how is there an African man sitting next to a Palestinian and and, and a Roman and and they're all together and and they're eating a meal together. And then someone gets up and shares how God is moving in their life. And then someone else brings up a song, a hymn, a spiritual song. And then someone else is saying, I I have a need. I, I lost my job. And people are pooling their resources together and you're sitting there and you're watching this happen and you're like, this is unlike anything I've ever experienced before in my life. This is so unlike the culture we live in where where slaves had nothing to do with merchants and Jews had nothing to do with Greeks or or Romans and and yet these people from different backgrounds, different races are coming together and they're eating a meal and, and, and they're sharing with glad hearts and God is moving and the Spirit comes and and someone shares a prophecy and someone shares a tongue and you're like, I don't understand what's going on, but clearly the Holy Spirit is here. That is what it was like in the early church as they came together, as as they shared, as as they sang, as they all came to the table together, regardless of their ethnic background, regardless of of where they were raised. And God was bringing them together as a family on mission. 
as, as people were going through different outbreaks of plagues or whatever, they would bring those children in who had been thrown out, who had filled with disease, and they would take care of them. And that is one of the ways the early church grew. And they would show love and affection to the lepers and the outcasts and the prostitutes because they remembered that Jewish Messiah they followed, that he would touch the untouchables. That, that he would go to those who felt unclean, that he would go to the home of a notorious sinner named Zacchaeus and eat with him and throw a party. Church, that is what we are called to do today, is to bring people from different backgrounds, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, those raised in Minnesota, Wisconsin, California, Papua New Guinea, to all come together to share a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, to let the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow through us to welcome those who have no community to come into our community, to devote ourselves to teaching, to, to share what we have together, praising God, and the Lord added to their number. Church, we, right now we are in such an uncertain season. But God is not uncertain. And he still has the whole world in his hands. So what can you and I do? Well, we can pray. Number one, we see throughout the book of Acts that whenever a move of God happened, it was preceded by prayer. In Acts 1, the disciples gathered together for prayer, and then in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell on them. We see in Acts 10 that Cornelius, a follower of Yahweh, was praying, and Peter in Joppa was praying, and at the same time, the Lord spoke to both of them and brought them together, and the word was preached to Gentiles, and the Holy Spirit fell on all of them. Throughout the New Testament, we see that any move of God is preceded by prayer. In church, that's what we need to do. And if you're like me, I have struggled to pray on a regular faithful basis during this pandemic, just being real. I was talking with Chris yesterday saying, man, I feel like I'm just starting to get back into that rhythm of just sitting with Jesus, of just uh, 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 being in communion with him. It's not about our words. It's about just being with Jesus. Maybe in this season, you feel like you don't have the words to say because you just don't know what's going on. And so what you can do is just, just say the simple Jesus prayer. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Maybe you just want to modify that. Just Jesus, Son of God, be with me. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Jesus, Son of God, bring me your wisdom. Maybe there are people in your life you want to be praying for, but first we can pray. The second thing is we can neighbor. Jesus tells us that the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it is to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what if Jesus really actually meant your neighbors? During this COVID season, people are still freaked out and, and unsure what's going to happen. Something that you and I can do is, you know what? We can go knock on our neighbor's doors, wear your mask, you know, have some hand sanitizer or a Lysol wipe. Maybe you want to show them you're wiping your hands, you know, and just check in on your neighbors. Here's a great just way to kind of check in on yourself is, you know, could you draw a map of your house and the eight closest houses around it? Could you fill in the first names of all the adults in those houses? Got to be honest, I don't think I could do it. 
And so that's something I'm going to work on. And maybe it's people you've lived next to for like for us for like five years, and you, and we got to go meet them. Like, hey, this is awkward. What's your name again? <laughs> and just start to learn their names because I don't know about you, but it's hard to love your neighbor as yourself if you don't know their names. And so what can we do? We can we can learn their names. We can say, Hey, is there anything you need? You know, you know, uh, is there anything I, I, I can get for you? You know, I, I've heard of some people in our church, you know, they'll meet at the end of their driveway, grab their own drink, a lawn chair, and, 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 and having community with their neighbors six feet away, 10 feet away. You know, it's easy to huddle in our houses. And some of us, we need to for, for medical reasons. But for a lot of us, we can put a mask on. We can go knock on our neighbor's door. We can ask, is there any way I can bless you? Is there anything I can be praying about for you? Is there any way I can lift your burden? I believe that's what Jesus wants us to do. We can pray. We can neighbor. And then church as a community, let us not forsake the gathering of the assembly. In the New Testament, the word we translate church is actually ecclesia, which means assembly or gathering. And we do this online like right now, but honestly, it's really hard to assemble and gather in our different homes. And so I just really want to encourage you to, if you are able to come together when we do start to gather together, like next week at the park. Put your mask on. Stay 10 feet away, uh, you know, so that you can assemble together. Because there is something special and unique when God's people gather. That is when the Holy Spirit moves and, and someone shares, you know, a word from the Lord. And we are singing it and lifting up the name of Jesus, not just in our own living rooms, not just in our homes, but actually assembled together. And so I just really want to encourage you that if at all possible, to pray and to really consider to come. Again, mask up, you know, keep your distance. We're going to be outside. But there is something about gathering together. Church, the last five years, we've some amazing stories of doing spontaneous weddings for a first-time family who comes to visit a relationship series and just says, Pastor, all we wanted was someone to bless our, our marriage, but, but we couldn't get anyone to do that. And so a judge married us, and it wasn't what I wanted. And we said, hey, let's throw a, a wedding for you. And we did that. You know, or, and finding people that, who need hope and, and people coming in and, and, and finding healing from addictions and, and marriages being healed and, and people uh, finding Christ and, and fathers discipling their children and, and dads praying out loud for the first time and, and, and moms having community and, and hope as they try to parent and raise their kids together. Church, we have so much more that God is calling us to do that we are not done yet. We still have a mission to help people take their next step, to help people learn what it means to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, to help people serve others, to know their neighbors' names, to make a difference, to, to look out for them, to, to take care of the, the single moms and, and, and those who, who can't pay their rent because it's been such hard times, or those who are going through chemotherapy and just need some kids in our church to draw them pictures or whatever it might be. And to help people become disciples, apprentices, followers of Jesus. Because we truly believe that's the best way to live. That through Jesus we can find healing and forgiveness and hope and purpose. And life is not easy. There's still pain and hurt and heartache and uncertainty. But Jesus is with us in this. So church... 
let us pray. Let us love our neighbors, know our neighbors, and let us come together and assemble together as his body next week. Church, I love you. I'm so thankful that I get to be your pastor for however long that might be and that we get to do this together. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you that in the good times and in the hard times that you are with us. God, I thank you that we are not alone, that your Holy Spirit is is with us. So God, I just pray that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us in these uncertain times. God, that your peace that surpasses all understanding would guard our hearts and minds, that we would trust you, that we would know that nothing happens that is a surprise to you. God, that we would love our neighbors, that we would come together for a purpose to make a difference. Thank you, God, for your love and grace and your mercies that are new every morning. In your name we pray. Thanks. Look forward to seeing you next week.